Modern carbines are, among other things, the best home and human defense tools available today. When the locked door doesn't stop someone from threatening you and yours, there's nothing better to have with you than a fighting rifle. But a fighting rifle isn't complete until it has these three important attachments and an owner that knows how to use them. Hope your week's going well so far. Today we're going to be covering fighting rifles, or fighting carbines if you prefer, and the three accessories that I feel they all need. Now, it's important to get out of the way that I'm not saying that the rifle you just bought, whether it's an AR, an AK, SCAR, Tavor, whatever have you, um, I'm not saying that it's somehow unable to defend you when things go very wrong. A new rifle from a reputable manufacturer should need nothing more out of the box than a sighting system, some lubricant, and a loaded magazine to make shots on target. This episode is about what it takes to make your fighting rifle the optimal fighting rifle. And only three things are needed to accomplish that, really. And that's a white light, a red dot, and a sling. Now, I gave you that list in order from most obvious to least obvious, in my eyes. Because I feel that anyone would expect a defensive firearm that's possibly going to be used in a dark environment to have a white light attached to it. But a sling might not be on the top of your shopping list for that, and I hope that it is by the end of this episode. So let's just jump right into it with the most important attachment for any fighting weapon, whether that's a rifle, a carbine, a shotgun, a pistol, whatever you have, it should have a white light. And when you're shopping for a white light, you should be prioritizing uh, three things, and that's brightness, the throw, and the durability of the light. So let's start with brightness. That's usually measured in lumens, uh, not the biggest fan of lumens being used as the primary spec of a light. I wish we had a better option, but we really don't. Manufacturers measure lumens through their kind of their own criteria, and it's basically a rough approximation of how much light is being emitted from a particular source at a particular time. And lumens aren't everything, but they're an important comparison point between different lights. Nowadays, you have a lot of high-lumen, affordable, durable light options. Uh, and I'll get into some recommendations in a sec. But lumens definitely aren't going to be everything in what you're looking for. You do want something that is just objectively very bright. Something with a nice, bright, dense hotspot in the center of sort of light cone that's being thrown out. And plenty of spill around that hotspot to illuminate the scene beyond just what you're pointing the light at. And next is throw. Throw is basically how far the light emission remains clean and bright. And it's important depending on your minimum and maximum engagement ranges. And in the case of a home defense or personal defense firearm, our engagement range is going to probably be limited to the longest linear point to point in our house or our apartment or whatever. And we still need to be sure, even though that's not a particularly long distance, that the light we're using on our rifle has enough throw to sufficiently illuminate someone from the longest possible distance away from where you could stand in the largest hallway or the largest room in your home. So at that maximum possible engagement distance, we need to not only be able to see who it is, and we need to be able to do that quickly, 
but we also need to be able to identify what, if anything, is in their hands. Because in a bump in the night scenario, job one of the white light is to make sure that when we're addressing a strange sound or disturbance and we shine the light on it, that we know right away that it's a stranger, not someone welcome in the home and not another occupant of the home, like a roommate or a family member. That's job one. And identifying that very quickly is what prevents a lot of unfortunate accidents that occur. Job two is to see, okay, this is a strange person. Are they armed? Do they have anything with them that could do harm to me? Because if they are both a stranger and an armed stranger, that will definitely expedite certain decisions that you need to make. Throw is important. Lumen's important. Uh, the light needs to be probably more durable than you would expect for what most would consider a light duty role like home defense. And durability in this case just means that the light should stand up to being knocked around or potentially dropped with a rifle's weight on top of it. And that's not something that every manufacturer is going to be able to pull off consistently. So with that in mind, uh, just a couple recommendations off the dome. The Streamlight HLX uh, is a great option. It offers a thousand lumens at a really reasonable price. That's what I'm currently using on my go-to rifle, but I'm not. I'm going to try not to talk about my own rifle too much. Uh, Surefire Scout lights are brighter and tougher, but they're a bit pricier. So, if the absolute best performance possible is a priority for you, then there's really no other option but Surefire. Uh, Arisaka Defense offers sleek bodies that are compatible with Surefire or Malkoff heads for brightness on a budget. So the next thing that your fighting rifle needs is a sighting system that's suitable for a fighting rifle and its purpose as a fighting rifle. And with that in mind, your rifle probably came with iron sights of some kind. And they work, you know? Iron sights that are zeroed to a distance will be accurate at that distance. It'll be consistent with that distance. But something like a red dot would be much faster and easier to bring up on target, especially in a high-stress scenario where fractions, not even seconds count, that's the old phrase, but really fractions of a second count. When it comes time to point that rifle at something and take action. So look for something with low or no magnification and a bright, crisp, simple reticle in the center of the glass. This is going to give you something to focus on with both eyes open, and it doesn't matter if you can't get a perfect cheek weld or if your eyes are bugging out because you have no idea what's going on and you're scared to death you're still going to have something to aim with and something that you can aim with quickly. And ideally, that dot should be on all the time so that you don't have to fiddle with anything in the middle of the night to get a complete sight picture. So something like an Aimpoint T2, H2, or Pro, or even Trigicon's newer MROs and RMRs would be ideal because they have just multi-year battery life where you zero the dot, leave it on, at a respectable brightness level, and it's going to be there, ready to go, the moment you pick the rifle up. No fiddling. That's that's the goal. Uh, other good options are the EOTech EXPS. That's not exactly the same grab-it-and-go, uh, always-on type of thing, but it's one button to turn it on, so you can train to do that, or they have uh, eight-hour auto-shut-off features. So you can just remember before you go to bed, before you stow the rifle away to where it's going, 
um, turn on that eight hour shutoff. So you've got a full night's readiness on that optic. Another option, if this is more of a multi-purpose rifle and less of a dedicated home defense rifle, would be a low power variable optic with a 1x setting and an illuminated reticle. And that's still sort of an up and coming category of combat ready optics. And I don't think you're going to find something with battery life that supports the reticle being on and illuminated at all times. But there are options similar to that out there that should work for you in a home defense setting. So I saved the sling for last, but I actually consider it more important, if possible, than a red dot. And this might be the most confusing thing I say this week, but even the most CQB home defense oriented rifle still absolutely needs a good two-point sling. Because you got to remember that fighting with a rifle is going to involve more than simply holding up and shooting that rifle. And what a sling does is it helps carry a weapon and it helps stabilize it against your body instead of relying solely on your hands to do so. And in this kind of, whatever the scenario turns out to be, it's going to be something where you need your hands for more than holding up your rifle and pointing it at things. You're going to need your hands for things like opening doors, uh, holding or signaling to loved ones, calling 911. A rifle needs three contact points in order to be adequately stabilized. Normally, this is done with your firing hand, your support hand, and your firing side shoulder with contact to the buttstock. Adding a properly fit two-point sling adds a new low-bearing contact point, which is a sling tensioned against your support side shoulder. So, since we now have four contact points when holding the firearm, we're free to release one, usually our support hand, and still keep the weapon stabilized enough for us to keep it up and presented while doing stuff with that one hand. So this gives you the ability to interact with things more easily, and it also reduces the time and energy needed to return your support hand to its place on the rifle, because the rifle's already presented. So on top of that, if something causes you to drop the rifle or suddenly need two hands, and I'm sure you can think of a few what-ifs about a home defense situation that would bring that up, that rifle is still going to be supported by the sling and still available to you. And as long as we're talking what-ifs, if things have gone way south and someone is now trying to take that rifle from you, you'd probably prefer that not to happen. And with a two-point sling in between you and the rifle connecting you together, it's way harder for someone to separate the two of you, and you two are a team right now. So get a good two-point sling and make sling manipulation an integral part of your rifle manipulation, because it is an integral part of rifle manipulation. As far as recommendations go, Blue Force Gear Vickers slings and the Feral Concept Slingster are my favorites, but the Magpul slings and Haley Strategic slings are also great. Uh, there are a lot of great options out there as long as it's uh, two-point or has a two-point option, because there are a lot of two-to-one configurable slings out there. As long as you're able to mount it sturdily to your rifle and tension it against your shoulder, then it's a good option. So this list of essentials is probably a lot shorter than you were expecting, and it kind of opposes the firearms industry image of a tactical rifle loaded up with tactical accessories and enhancements. When you go to any range or gun store, you're going to see a lot of other attachments ranging from 
simple ergonomic enhancements like rail covers, foregrips, and handstops to more elaborate add-ons like lasers, bipods, magnifiers, offset backup sights, and about a million different flash hiders, compensators, and other muzzle devices. While all of those are valid and they have their place, they aren't what you need on your fighting gun. And if you have a dedicated fighting gun, that fighting gun should be kept as bare bones as possible. And that's not due to budget or any kind of philosophy around home defense guns. It's a simple mechanical thing. The simpler your equipment is, the more effective you will be with it under a high stress scenario. And I'm sure no one's going to argue with me when I say that the time you have to use your fighting rifle is going to be a high stress scenario. So whether you're shopping for a defensive carbine or you just got one and are familiarizing yourself with it, or even if you've had a carbine for a long time and haven't yet covered these three essentials, go do that. Grab a light, an optic, and a sling, and that's it. Blow the rest of the money that I know you're itching to spend on range time and ammo so you can be as effective with this setup as possible. That's all I have for you this week. Tune in again next week, and in the meantime, hit me up on Twitter at Range Talk Show with any questions, feedback, hate mail, whatever else. If you don't have any of that, stay safe, and we'll talk again soon.